Good afternoon. You are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is Art Then and Now with me, your host, Anna Gammons. This is the show where we explore art from the past and art from the present to understand how we as humans express ourselves through time. Now, our theme this week is ways of drawing and I have here with me, live in the studio, artists and tutors of the Royal Drawing School, Sarah Pickstone and Mark Cazalet. And we are going to speak about the new book just released by the Royal Drawing School in a second. And if if I've got time after, we're going to do some art in the news, but that all depends on how uh, how we get on with our interview. <laughs> so to be honest, it's about time I did a whole episode based on drawing, because although I talk about drawing in pretty much every episode, it needs to be covered in its own right. Drawing is the lifeblood of art and has been important throughout the whole of history, from cave paintings to the work that we're doing as we speak. So it makes a lot of sense for it to be a topic for art then and now. Okay, let's get to the exciting part of the show. I have tutors of the Royal Drawing School and practicing artists, Sarah Pickstone and Mark Cazalet. Welcome. Hello. Hi there. Hello, how are you both doing? Well, a bit a bit warm today. Yeah, it is a bit warm, isn't it? A bit muggy outside, I thought. A bit muggy. I was saying before we got here, would rather it was snowing or really sunny. Don't like the rain. Yeah, the Not damp. Mm-mm. All right, so we're going to be speaking about the book from the Royal Drawing School called Ways of Drawing, Artist's Perspective and Practices. But I thought first it would be fun for the listeners to hear a little bit about you two and what it is that you do. All right, we're going to start with Mark. I can hear it. There's, there's hinting off audio, which you guys can't hear, right, she's, Mark? She's actually pushing me as well, which is unpleasant. <laughs> Mark, let's start with you. Can you describe for the listeners the work that you do as a practicing artist? Okay, I've just come back from Japan, Kyoto, where I spent the days in Zen Gardens um, trying to allow an event to happen, a drawing event, and in the evenings in the bathhouses, kind of watching men wash without watching them. Sure. And they're going the back. The subtle art of that. Hard, hard in art. itself. It's a man thing. And then back to the tiny bedroom to make collages. That sounds fantastic. Yes. I actually went to Kyoto last year, one of the best spaces oh, I've ever been to in my life. It is. So how has going to Japan influenced your work? Is it, is it current work you're doing? Or? I think what I really like about this book is it reboots um, approaches to drawing. And one of the questions you skillfully asked us to prepare <laughs> is who is it for? And I think it's for sure. anybody who wants to really rethink what drawing could be. Mm. And we fall into habits, I guess, in relationships, in our professional practices. We need to reboot and I need a new aesthetic Sure, sure. Lucky okay. Japan was that provider. I mean, Japan is the most inspirational yes. place, I'd say. So I think you did well in going there. I have to say, I, so I did my own research on, on you both. And you've done a lot of ecclesiastical work. Is that right? Which I thought was so I interesting. Yeah. I mean, I know we're talking about three years ago, as, as you know, when this kind of book was in its creation. But can we talk a bit about that? Because that sounded amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think the... The church has always been a focus for really difficult questions to be writ large. Um, the questions of personal redemption, uh, what you do with your own morality, um, through to very contemporary issues like uh, end-of-life issues, mm. identity, uh, for me in the last project, suicide, um, and bring things to the fore that in other venues might be hard to command a dialogue with mm. as directly 
I mean, that space, especially, you know, when we're talking about um, houses of God, is, is a very um, intimidating space. It's a very powerful space. Mm. It's a very safe space. So that's really interesting yeah. that you've said that. All right, Sarah, let's move on to you. What kind of work are you doing as a practicing artist? I'm a painter, first and foremost. I make stuff as well. I draw as part of my process. Mm. Um, I write a bit. Um, recent work shown publicly in London was a large piece made for the Royal Academy um, to celebrate their 250th anniversary. I think I saw this actually on your website. Yes, I did. So it was an enormous <laughs> painting. It was six amazing. A long painting to celebrate the life of Angelica Kaufman, mm -hmm. who was one of the founding members of the RA. Yeah. So I suppose um, part of the work is to do with research and exploring the history of women's practice, both in art and in sometimes in music and sometimes in literature too. Um, and um, I began that work by drawing from Angelica Kaufman's own paintings. And so that was a kind of very particular type of drawing I was making for that project. Fantastic. That's how you sort of started off, is, is yeah. that kind of... Started off because, amazing. and even before the, the idea of the big painting came along, mm. I was actually drawing from her work as a way of trying to get to know her. Yeah. So Angelica Kaufman was elected an RA at the, at the... Well, she was one of the founding members in 1768 for the Royal Academy. So I'm looking at neoclassical paintings with mm. a kind of weird twirly marks yeah, and yeah, a kind yeah, of they're yeah. deeply unfashionable now because they're so oh, influenced by neoclassicism sure. you think so <laughs> yeah I think they'll be in fashion soon people I can see scarves I don't know but yeah a bit of a toga and <laughs> yeah. lots of laurel leaves and kind of sideways yeah, postures sure sure so your work's got a, a kind of a gendered approach to it as well then is that that's yeah that's what I do because that's what I'm interested in in understanding the history who gets to write history down and uh, what my own history is mm. and I've been working that way for about 10 or 12 years probably Fantastic. but it came up slowly it wasn't a sort of idea I had it's just suddenly I decided that you know I wanted to know what my what women's history looked like mm. Not necessarily my history, actually, but... Yeah, I think we all sort of go through a phase where we want to understand our place in the world. And as you said, you know, not necessarily just for you, but, you know, for others, we feel have kind of not had their say, perhaps, which is that's really interesting. Now, the book is about drawing. It centres on drawing. It, you know, it's got sort of sections, there's parts to it. Um, what is the importance of drawing in your personal practice? Because obviously, you know, to be able to speak about it, you've got to have experience in that area. That, that a question is to either of you. Feel free to answer in sync okay, if well, you like. I, you know what? I, suppose I was thinking about She's this. So I was good. Thinking, it's worth listening to her. <laughs> I was thinking about what what part does it play, yeah. and I think yeah. it's really difficult to extrapolate a, a thing about drawing. For me, mm. I use it as a tool initially as a kind of a research tool. I was saying if I may go and draw, or basically nick somebody else's idea, I'd use drawing to do that yeah. rather than photography because it's just quicker. Sure. But then I also use the idea of drawing to um, to find shapes and things that I'm interested in and, and also draw in the painting. Mm. So there's different modes of drawing for me. Mm. Sometimes it's sketching an idea, sometimes it's refining an idea down in the studio and sometimes it's just for observer, you know, for mm. kind of information. A way to sort of maybe process ideas in, in yeah. a sense. I think definitely that's yeah. what it's kind of been traditionally used for as well, isn't it? What about you, Mark? Well, I was just thinking, I mean, Sarah's fantastic painting the Royal Academy, her paintings. Um, she knows, like I do, that big commissions become very formal. You suddenly have a lot of expectation 
Whereas alone in the studio, on the floor, and when I'm asked what have I been doing all day by the family, it's colouring in on the floor, <laughs> and that's a good day. It's very yeah. informal. It's um, Franz Klein said it's the capacity to be embarrassed, and I've been trying to hold on to that. Um, mm. Sarah wrote very beautifully about seriously trying to keep it informal. No, that's mm. not quite her words. I'm no, it's better. No, we are going to we are going to well, talk yeah, specifically about um, the chapters in a second. But yeah, I but mean, I think that that sense of I'm, it's okay to be embarrassed. Things are going to come up from the unconscious. Um, this isn't. I'm not going to be the person I would like to be seen as in my drawings. I'm going to be something else, mm. and that's going to teach me kind of who I am. Really, it's. Mm. Um, there's an honesty to drawing, mm. I think, as well, isn't there? I mean, you are you are vulnerable. You're being yeah. um, open with the page. Um, Sarah, you mentioned in your chapter, you know, which we're going to talk about a bit more, that you're sort of breaking the rules and you're breaking things down to build them up. And that in itself can be very vulnerable, very intimidating, but also very mm. honest practice because you get to learn about yourself as well, um, which I think is so interesting. Do you both normally start with drawing then when you're, you know, you've got a huge commission in front of you, you know, or, you know, the Royal Academy's asked you, you know, well, you've won an huge. award. This year's not so huge. <laughs> Sarah's playing it down. I know I've got here a list of all the awards she's won. So, I mean, um, but yeah, how do you start? Is it, is it started with drawing? It starts with drawing just because that's how I think and mm. other people might um, think more intellectually. Mm. Um, I draw things so I can see what they look like. Mm. Um, you don't have to do it that way. I just find it's a shorthand to getting somewhere. Yeah. Um, I sometimes write things down as well. Um, yeah. It depends. But I, for me, if a painting's going to be any good, it has to be a visual idea and not an intellectual idea. Mm. So... I can often write things down and it sounds like it's going to make a really good painting, but it, it really doesn't because it's, it's a thinking idea, mm. not a visual idea. So drawing it, mm. I have to draw it to see if it's going to make a painting. Absolutely. Can you normally tell what it's going to... No. <laughs> no <laughs> that I question annoys most artists, I find, because they're oh, like, it's, it's a whole process you don't know from start to finish. And it's that's just... kind of the adventure of it, I suppose. But what about you, Mark? Is... Well, I mean, I think I agree completely. I mean, drawing, drawing is the absolute first step. But it actually preceding that is is kind of looking as drawing that it becomes so obsessive that even sitting here with you and Sarah and and, and our friends Alex. in the room and Alex um, <laughs> and Elizabeth I, we have I, so many people here. <laughs> but I'm already thinking about the colours in the background of the studio and how Alex's black jersey is relating to the turntables and I haven't used black for a long time. I mean, it's really yeah, and that orange is it, fabulous. The creative brain. I mean, we're all. I mean, you can't see this. It's not a a, a visual it's format. Kind of However, it's a blue kind of, with a yeah, burnt orange. Yeah, That's what I we, love that yeah. description. You're wearing of black, sort of more of a lilac, style. and then there's yellows in this room. I mean, it's very very colourful. If only we'll take some photos <laughs> for you. Um, right. My next question is well, my next question are about the book in its totality mm. because so it is a collection of reflections and in practice sessions on drawing from over 20 contemporary artists and teachers at the Royal Academy such as yourselves it is called Ways of Drawing Artists Perspectives and Practices both of our artists here today have just got their books out ready to talk about it so what can we expect from the book then we actually memorized the book <laughs> Right, go. We We've only got half an well, hour. Well, what but. can you say about the book? There's just, for a start, there's some beautiful photo, uh, pictures yeah. in it. Yeah. So really, it's a picture book, mm -hmm. actually, first and foremost. Yeah. And um, even adults, we love picture books, don't we? Oh, oh, it's fantastic. But it, and in a way, you can learn as much, I think, from looking at the mm -hmm. drawings in the book. The drawings are mainly um, drawings from students and alumni from the Royal Drawing School. So are they, and it just shows the breadth of the course and the breadth of the students that have come through over the years, all artists now. Um, I think it's quarrelsome as well. I mean, I think we're, we're confident enough to write from perspectives that we know are going to slightly contradict each other. Mm. And, and I think yeah, that, that runs bit. all the way that's through it, that integrity. Breaking the rules. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, there's a kind of structure, as I mentioned before, in the book where we've got these sort of sections beautifully written mm. by the tutors, these um, these ideas, and then we've got in-practice sessions. So what was the idea behind those kind of things? The in-practice sessions, I guess it, it's... Or having it in that structural way, I suppose, learning and then doing almost, isn't it? Well, I think um, Julia Belton, who put the book together in the, in the, in the first place, whose, whose idea the book was... Yeah. Um, I hope. Allegedly. Uh, along Maybe. with Julian Bell and others, <laughs> others who contributed. Um, I think it was the idea of giving a breadth of idea in an essay and giving us all free reign to do what we wanted mm. and then having something really practical and immense, like a recipe yeah. for a drawing. So you can choose, you can flip through and you can go to mine on one day and you can go to Mark's on another day. And, you know, you, there's a series of, of, of exercises to follow. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that there was a practical element to it because I think that uh, it was it did read like the most beautiful kind of creative recipe book almost mm. of here are some images to kind of yeah. know, endorse your learning here oh. is an explanation and then here is how to do it which I loved and for me cooking is very creative so I related yeah. to it that way which I thought was interesting so you know there's so many beautiful essays in this book what do you think that the importance of drawing is overall to a student or to someone kind of coming to art maybe quite fresh maybe quite young would you teach that it's vital? I think it's a universal joint. I mean, whether you're talking about the great design tradition of the Bauhaus or you're talking about contemporary applied arts, you know, drawing actually spans a far wider spectrum than, than fine art. And I think we, have, we really struggle in Britain to remember that drawing is this great virtue that sits underneath the V&A and Coles's mm -hmm. vision of everything that is produced creatively. It, it isn't tethered just to making fine art for galleries. And I think, I suppose, in the psychoanalytic age, perhaps it's mm. maybe particularly not about that. Its value is to the individual. Absolutely. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting totally for contradiction agree. and pushback <laughs> and quarrelsomeness. No, I think um, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it has this huge hugely long tradition and you think it's also the practice common to architects and sculptors and as, yeah. as Mark was saying those great designers and this kind of strange relationship that the, uh, Britain has also to illustration mm. and literature Absolutely. and the more mm. maybe more literal type of drawing mm. yeah. that it's makes up our history. Can, can I just say I, mean, I think the book, is, the book is brilliant because artists don't look like their work and they don't sound like their work so when we're asked to write really quite formal academic responses to, mm. to, to a particular theme, you suddenly go into the project and you hear the voice of the art. I can hear all my colleagues actually give these instructions <laughs> and get excited about Which them. Which is important. And it's uh, really important. It's a really different that. type of book than a kind of how to do yeah. book mm. that you might buy at your local art shop, you know, how yeah. to paint portraits, how to paint dogs, how to it's not that type of book because that's that's dealing Those in are a good sort as of well, expertise. Those are good. <laughs> the dog book's very good. The dog books are really good. good. You know they <laughs> deal with maybe a kind of quick or a facility yeah. and a quick way of getting a mm. sort of likeness yeah. of a, a dog for instance yeah this isn't like that no. at all and i think also that, that, that um you were talking about you know it's a picture book you know that guston says you know art is about trying to speak about things you can't speak about and we know that all the words we've written are not really going to come as close as the images Interesting, and I, I, yeah. I think the images get to the heart yeah, yeah. 
And I like the text, but I look at the images and I think, oh, I'm really glad I read the text, but actually these images are opening it up. They're making it palpable. I mean, that relates, goes back to that trope of uh, a picture paints a thousand words, which is very yeah. simple and cliche, but I mean, very true. And, you know, my impression I got when I, you know, I read some extracts from the book was it, it was a very a thoughtful approach. It, is, mm. it isn't, as you said, a how-to, paint by numbers. It's very much a you can kind of take what you want from it and yeah. you can gain as much as you can if you know the more effort you put in the more you'll get out of it and that was very much how it read to me i think also a lot of artists are not sort of dense text readers um well maybe there are many artists who are i'm not <laughs> so i really like this kind of quite bite-sized approach to picking a topic like open space or inner space mm. and actually having six approaches that within an evening or two evenings I've actually had to really, I mean, it's like a mental gymnasium. I've been taken to different places by Lisa or Martin or yeah, William sure. or Clara. I'm not ashamed to say that I had to read both of your chapters in depth twice, really concentrate so I could kind of grasp the things you're talking about because you're which right. Which is best? Oh, which is best? I, I'll tell you at this the end of the world answer. fair. <laughs> and we both opened so, with Wolf. Yeah, we we both opened with Virginia Woolf. That's something really I thought was really interesting. I thought that was very interesting that you both I did. Yeah. I was going to bring that up actually, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah, the Virginia Woolf references were very relevant in different ways to both of your chapters. Yeah. So who is this book for then? Is this you know something that you would encourage a student to buy or um, a teacher to I, buy or anyone to I buy? I think it's for anyone that has a bit of themselves that's interested in their kind of maybe they did art at school and were never allowed to continue on that they never allowed themselves to continue um, for those um, artists who've fallen out of their practice mm. um, for younger students who are for the first time maybe exploring you know, things away from the computers and phones and, and in real time. I and mean, the sense of touch is very important with drawing. Mm. Mm. And, uh, and also the risk of drawing, the risk yeah. of getting it wrong and seeing yourself mm. get it wrong. And allowing yourself, it teaches you a lot, I think, how to fail, how to fly with these kind of yeah. things. can give you a lot of... Um, What's the word? It can give you an ego boost when yeah. you do something right. So I, but I think you'd be surprised how many people do draw or how many people would like to draw. Mm. Um, you know, many different professionals and um, everybody, yeah. I think. They don't always give themselves permission, though. I think no. that's a really no. important um, point to make as well. I also think drawing can be sort of therapeutic as well. I know people see art in that way more generally, but I think drawing specifically can be really therapeutic. I know friends of mine who work in accounting that have a picture book and, you know, they will they will do these sort of drawing activities to really unwind as well. I think Absolutely, that's... because the medium is so simple and that's I think that's part of the beauty of it is that all you're navigating is a, simp is a page and a pencil yeah. and uh, so you've got some rules, but that's enough. What no, not rules? really. Well, the, the you rules said you didn't of the have page. Any rules. I do have some do rules. Have it rules. is confusing. But you can break them. I think that was the maybe. <laughs> it's confusing being a being um, a teacher that kind yeah. of doesn't believe in rules because I do think mm. I probably did have rules growing up as once. an artist. Yeah. Well, they can be at once. Um, I, I sometimes like to work creatively within a parameter. I find yeah. no parameters very overwhelming. So I think that sometimes that can be interesting. I suppose it's a set of uh, ingredients, if you were to use the cooking <laughs> I presented myself as a very expert yeah. chef here. I'm really not. <laughs> and can I just say, I've given it to people who don't draw because I think it's a really good discussion document for people who say either... I don't believe art has much validity anymore. You know, this this whole, whole handmade thing, really, mm. what's that about? It's nostalgia. And I think, great, OK, read and really enjoy fighting with it mm. because there's so much here that's inspiring. It's real sort of seed planting. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm hoping that the, the many hundreds of copies that I have distributed will actually fruit Absolutely. with people who, who maybe are sceptical 
about what we do and think it's slightly selfish and indulgent and well, I think the point you make about the handmaid again mm. is really is really critical, mm. and yeah. I think there is a huge resurgence in the idea of the handmaid mm. and um amongst y- young people yeah. too absolutely but but Sarah's right, it does actually need formation it's not as easy as just here's a pad, go and express yourself actually no. I, I mean w- whether we say it's rules or structure or self imposed direction, you need some kind of holding a circle with which to have the confidence to get going. And I think that's what you know, Abs- Catherine's achieved at the Royal Drawing School. Really. It's allowed a platform to emerge, which is welcoming, which I think is a very safe space mm. to be who you want to be. Um, you'll get critical input, but you're not going to be shouted at all. And you'll find almost, you know, it's almost 100% sure you'll find something you relate to because there are so yes. many different opinions, yeah. you know, unraveled in this book. I want to talk a little bit about your specific chapters as well because you have both contributed to this book. You've written beautiful chapters yourself. So should we start with you, Sarah? Your chapter is called Walk the Line and your in-practice session, which is, you know, we've kind of put it very simply as the sort of how-to element of the book, but it is it is really just a chance for you to sort of sit down and try something different, and that is called poetry drawing. So talk us through, how did you decide on what to write about? <laughs> well, I'm a great believer in just using exactly what you're doing at the time and in the moment, and so I was, I think I based my actual essay on Virginia Woolf, mm. um, short story, Street Haunting, yeah, Mark must have had the same idea. Um, <laughs> I love that you both use the same reference. Well, because she's such a great writer about experience and about experience in time because her whole premise is the idea of taking the narrator for a walk around the city in order to go and buy a pencil. So mm-hmm. um, I thought it made a nice analogy with the idea of drawing and taking... It's not my idea, taking, mm. taking the line for a walk. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that notion of, of making the work through time um so i started with the virginia Woolf because i was probably reading it Mm. at the time um everything i I think although travel is fantastic i think also (laughs) everything's in front (laughs) of you was that a dig was that a little dig at mark's chapter sarah you you come to the virginia (laughs) Woolf first in mind and then she copies (laughs) just saying you keep your carbon footprint low and just draw exactly what's in front of you in the street absolutely if if she'd read the chapter she would have said or unfamiliar parts of your own town. Well, I mean, Mark does go on shame, to say, yeah, shame. Mark do, does go on to talk about, yeah. you know, things you can do where, you, where you're based. However, Sarah, one of the things I absolutely loved about what you said was that drawing is more felt than understood. And I think mm. that's really what we're kind of talking about, isn't it, today? I think that's, yeah. that was a really important part. And also the idea of rules being broken, you know, we've alluded to that as, as being sort of... Um, something you have, you know, believed and said yourself a few times, but I think that's really important. Well, I think it's important in terms of getting rid of the how-to thing on the the kind of sense that that your teachers had at school, Mm. you know, who probably were trying to get you through an exam. Sure. So there are no exams in that sense, so there's nobody else's idea of what good drawing is. And usually good drawings do uh, defy the definition of good drawing. And they're not usually accurate to you know, at what we think something looks like anyway. Mm. It's much more feeling about how something looks. I couldn't agree more. All right, Mark, we're talking. Well, before we do that, I really <laughs> like what Sarah said about keeping trusting the process. So her instructions are trust the process and yes. then keep trusting the process. And she you says know, this many times throughout as well to remind, because we always have to remind ourselves that, you know, it's OK. You're giving you're giving the reader permission. Well, look, a, a friend of mine, Matthew Burroughs, who's a really good painter, always says, don't ask yourself if it's any good. Mm. Don't ask yourself if it's art. Mm. Just ask what, yourself what the purpose 
of your work is. So if you're just thinking about the tree, drawing a tree, it's the purpose of drawing the tree, you know, the shape of it, what, how it makes, you know, mm. is it a good shape? Mm. You don't have to ask if it's any good. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I think that was beautifully explained. Mark, should we talk about your chapter now? You yes. do talk about travel in your chapter. You also talk about domestic work too, so... <laughs> Well, I tell you no, 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 no. I'm bang to rights. I mean, listen, I flew to Japan, so I have no excuses. I'm completely. <laughs> so did I. Does that mean we don't get to? <laughs> we, no. We don't have an opinion anymore. No. We get to buy some coffee. I'm not here to charge. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain to the readers a little bit more about the thinking behind your chapter? So your chapter is called "Other People's Terrain," and then your in-practice session is called "Night Drawing: Colon Letting Go." I liked. I think I was given a challenge by a gallery owner who said you have to choose. You're either committed to making contemporary art or you do this weird travel thing. So being contrarian, I couldn't, kind of suddenly <laughs> thought, well, actually, let's explore this weird travel thing. And it led to such amazing conversations um, cross-culturally and very deep sense of sort of soul searching as to where I come from. You return looking at your own society thinking, really, is this, is this really who we are mm. and what we are? And what were my preconceptions when I went? And that all has come out of actually just observing over long periods of time with a lot of mint tea, far too much sugar in it, and a lot of very Marrakesh, good... Marrakesh, I think, is famous for their, oh, for their it's very... It's available across West Africa. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure. And very good tea in Japan, obviously, as well. Absolutely. And you mentioned as well in your, in your chapter that we almost we impose our own preconceptions when mm. we go to other places and, and how to almost distance yourself from yeah. your own sense yeah. of self to be yeah. able to explore more in... Uh, I think way. it is a whole detachment process of stepping back, and it's so compromised. I mean, all the time, somebody's in your face, and then just as you're about to shout at somebody, you realise it's a small child who's really interested and has done a drawing of your drawing, and you think, oh, my goodness, how you know, humbling, and this is mm. lovely. I, I, th I think it's the unpredictability. Um, it's, it's a source of stripping back, mm. you know, really going back to the minimum. Um, and, and trying to avoid, for me, topography, trying to avoid just recording what is there, um, and one of the curious things about the book is that the images chosen had to fit in with the text, and, and maybe I would have chosen a whole different set of images, perhaps, for, for, for my work. I mean, this is not in any way criticism, just how, mm. how interesting it is that you, you look at even what you write and you think, gosh, is that what I meant to say? I couldn't remember doing this nighttime drawing. I was sitting there thinking, <laughs> go back to your studio and do it. Why, why do you say that? Well, I think I your whole... Was great, I, I thought it was great, too. Because I, I, I think your whole chapter is about new environments yeah. and bringing you a, a different perspective and a sense of adventure is, is kind of a key theme throughout your work as well. So I liked that, because yeah, you don't do often too. sit in the dark and draw. Well, I, I would say that was more... You I also know. think you haven't talked at all about the colour that you use and the fact you draw with okay. colour, which is a, right. is a different right. thing yes, to maybe people's definitely right. talk con about that. concept of drawing yes. with a pencil, which Mark is yeah. maybe how I start. Mark but is Mark exceptionally um, well-dressed today. He is wearing every colour. Maybe not red. I can't see red, but every other colour. So yeah. it makes sense that you're a very colourful artist. So let's talk a bit about that. That would be great. Um, so I think that came from uh, India, from living in Gujarat for two years, which mm. is actually very dry, dusty. The colour is on the people, it's on the ceremony. Um, it's often quite counterintuitive to difficult situations in life. People are dressing brightly and bringing joy into quite arduous environments, mm. um, and particularly kutchi embroidery. I became a deep fan of um, blouse pieces made for the nomadic women, which are, 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 are embroidered by their mothers until they are married off as, as women. And they carry on their chest their whole family history. And then the tattoos come down their arms. So I mean, drawing on wow. skin, drawing embroidery, carrying your history with you. 
Yeah, that brings a whole new meaning to uh, to your family history, doesn't it? Quite it does. Literal. And your family has its own stitch as well. You say your mother and grandmother mm. have their own stitch work, which is particular to them. We're off the subject of colour, but it, it links. No, back I mean it's in. definitely it's definitely relevant. I, would say. I mean, you look at what happened to Paul Clay, who I illustrate, and, and and what happened to his colour when he went to North Africa. Mm. Um, and the Absolutely. fact that you can just play with the colour yes. and it's drawing. Yeah. So you can just go to books of yeah. chalks, inexpensive pastels, and yeah. just muck around making yeah. stripes with using the edge of a pastel, you know, on a, on a mm. black piece of paper. Absolutely. And you've got a drawing. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be of anything. Yeah. Sarah's, of Sarah's doing it now, actually, in the studio. It's a lovely drawing. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to put that That'd on our website at the end. Yeah, we'll be on the uh, website. <laughs> No, Sarah's not drawing. But one thing I do want to talk as well, because I think when people hear the word drawing, mm. I think those who may not be artists themselves might just think about that as being monochrome and just a black and white oh, yeah. process. And so I think it's interesting that we talk about drawing in colour. You can draw with so many different mediums, chalk pastels, oil pastels, watercolours, inks. You know, all these things can, can bring a lot of colour too. So don't be afraid to use colour in drawings too. Now, we only have, well, we have less than two minutes left. So I do want to ask, where can readers go to find out more about the both of you? We'll do the book in a second. But the both of you to find out what you're up to at the moment instagram website what? sarah pickstone amazing mark yeah, same same thing um you can go to mark caslett or sarah uh, oh, sarah pickstone no mark caslett <laughs> or mark caslett is the answer or serena morton gallery who shows me fantastic okay and where can readers go to find uh ways of drawing artists perspectives and practices from the royal drawing school We've got a couple of copies also to profit. That's true. Well, I think you can get them from any great bookshop, but you can also buy them directly from the school and the school's website. And those proceeds will go straight to support the school's yeah. uh, yes. classes. We do encourage that you buy it directly from Please the Royal do. Drawing School and you can go online. I think after Christmas, I think they felt so many people wanted this book. They might have sold out mm. before Christmas. So it might be an after Christmas, perhaps a New Year's resolution. And what a great idea. Can I suggest actually come to the Drawing School and do a course, do an evening course, do a dropping course and buy the book because I think the two things go together the practice this is great but it's on it's on paper rather than drawn on paper absolutely. and I think come and practice I think that's a great idea absolutely immerse yourself mm. in the world of drawing thank you so much for talking to me today Sarah Pickstone and Mark Hazlitt I would just oh we don't have time for any uh, art in the news but that is absolutely fine we've had the best conversation today thank you so much to my guests that is all we've got time for thank you for listening to Art Then and Now for any of the images discussed on this week's show please visit the fa- Facebook site sorry at the Art Then and Now show and see you next week big thanks to Alex as well for for audio technicianing this program. Thanks, Alex. Goodbye.